Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I have no banter. Like, I always think, oh, you should say something at the top of the episode and then I never know what it is I should say. Like, do people care when I talk about our lives? Like, oh, our kids are almost done with school. Like, do they... I don't know. They, they never comment on it, but I mean, that doesn't <laughs> no. that doesn't mean anything, I guess. Guys, what should I talk about at the start of the show? I guess I could, like, I could rant about something if you want. People seem to like that when I get angry about stuff. <laughs> yeah, you should rant about people complaining that games are broken. You should rant about that. No, because that's your rant. That's <sighs> your issue. I don't care. Because once again, I don't really see care what people post. I don't pay attention to what they say and whine about. I don't listen to it. Now, I guess in real life when I play with people and they like don't play well and they're like, oh, well, yeah, it's because you had like this special card or that power. So, yeah, of course, that's like OP. And I'm like, again, play better. Quit your whining. Like that's the issue. As long as we have equal access to this card or I get it on a random like just, you know, dispensing of cards, not my problem. Yeah. Figure out how to play around it and play better. I agree with that. And I'll do some raging when we get into some games played because, yeah, I got some stuff to say about one of these games. If a game is truly broken, I honestly don't think they're going to put it out there for publication. Or if they are, it's not going to be a very well-known game, very um, like popular game that people are going to buy because people can recognize that. It's, I mean, it's not rocket science. So I actually, this will lead into the news. I saw on this, the Kickstarter, in, in Kickstarter, there is this game called, um, oh man, I forget what it's called. Shoot, that's really anticlimactic since I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head. Um, but it was a, it was a game like talking about like board game nerds and um the title really should be um actually but i don't i don't know if that's what it is <laughs> was it a mansplaining um, game no but that's what it looked like it was like um oh man i don't have to look for it like i'm so mad because i'm like oh, i'm not gonna talk about this dumb game and then i still wanted to bring it up because like it was it looked like it was about rules lawyers and people that want to get annoying I can look it up while, you, while you're doing the news. I know. I thought I might have it. Like, now watch. Like, it was like the first thing on my Kickstarter feed. I want I'll never be able to find it again. Um, yes, it's called Um Actually. That's exactly what it's called. The Game of, oh. Ner- <laughs> the game of Nerdy Corrections. It is super funded. Um, it's a board game version of College Humor's Game Show, which I don't know anything about. But, like, ugh, people, when they do that... Like, really annoy me. And I understand there are people out there that like things to be exact. You know, I have a child who's on the spectrum, and that is something that's really important to her. When I say uh, dinner and she thinks I should mean the word supper, I have to smack her down and say they are interchangeable because dinner is the largest meal of the day, and therefore that is what we're doing for supper. Um, However... When people do it online or do it while you're playing a board game, look, um, actually, it says in the rule to do this. Like, get over yourself. You're not making friends that way. 
And there are better ways to help explain a rules correction than coming off like an annoying, nerdy rules lawyer. If you feel convicted by this, that's on you. I'm not talking about someone specifically. So if you are getting complex right now, I'm not talking about you. But if you think that, that's on you. But there are people that do this. I have seen them. I see this in comments all the time about it. And I'm like, come on. Like, why? What are you gaining by that? Like, what do you get besides smug superiority that you are right? Who? I mean, really? No, the best thing is when they comment on one of your videos and then you say, hey, your comment's wrong. And then (laughs) after they were all smug about it, that feels pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to, to smack people down that feel like they want to be a big old rules corrector. I do this to my students all the time. They want to get snippy with me and be like, well, um, the the instructions say this or I did that assignment correctly. I'm like, no, you stinking didn't because I wrote the instructions for the assignment. Not to mention, I'm the one who gets to choose how to grade it. So uh, don't think you're doing yourself any favors by coming at me. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the podcast at all. I don't know how I got on that tangent. I apologize. Yeah, let's just talk about some news. (laughs) Let's talk about news, which that's sort of a news because that's a game out there. That's not, I'm not, not one that I'm covering in news. Um, The first one I want to cover in news has a theme that I really like. I really like gangster theme. I don't know why. Again, like if I were to develop a game, I would like to develop a Yakuza theme game. I think there are some out there, but why is it not a prevalent, big, like cool worker placement game? Like it needs to happen. Anyway, you hear that? Board game developers out there? Yakuza, use it. I mean, I don't know if they're going to come after you if you do like tap into those secrets, but... It would be cool. So the game that I am going to talk about is called Catch Don Falcone. So the gangster, he in the game, he's escaped from prison. So one person is playing as Falcone. Then your other players are playing as different, um, like, cops, different types of cops. They're from varied areas. The harbor police, the country police, the forest police. Not, you know, super in-depth, but... They have different colors of little cars. Don Falcone's got a black car. It's cool. So it's actually a game where you're laying tiles. If you're Don Falcone, you're laying tiles to try to to escape, to evade, excuse me, to evade the police and get to like, um, like a strip, a landing strip where there is an airstrip where your plane is waiting to fly you out of there. Um, if you're one of the cops, you're laying tiles to try and catch Falcone, put him into a dead end. You're trying to avoid getting yourself into dead ends um, and also avoid like boxing out the other police as well, because that's not helpful. There's weird things like chili sauce actually like is like a booster and it helps you move farther, which I think is completely ridiculous. Um, But it happens. Oh no, there you can escape either on an airstrip, you can escape in the harbor or you can escape on a train in the forest. Sorry. So each of those different police areas has comes with different escape cards. And you've got these chili sauce boosters. Um, and you kind of make this general playing field. And then you're laying tiles within it to develop the streets where you're going to drive your cars. The interesting thing about this game is, I mean, yes, you've got modular board design, but you can also um, kind of up the difficulty depending on who's playing. And I really like that that's a newer trend in games because um, I think it's it's nice because we like to play 
um, games with our kids. And so sometimes you're making up your own house rules to try to make it work or you're like, ah, you can't play that game because it's just too much. And I like that there are games that are really trying to let you scale for the individuals that who are playing and not even kids, but maybe new people that, you know, just aren't good at games. Like my grandma, every time I try to play a game with her, she's like, I'm too stupid. And this woman like was an accountant for like a major accounting firm. She was a consultant. She went and helped get, you know, get people together, help them sort out their books. She is so smart. But for some reason, she sees a board game and like her brain goes blank. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. Um, It drives me nuts. So I like that I could maybe change this game to make it easier so she wouldn't be so crazy about it. Um, So that's Catch Don Falcone. Um, There are six days left in that Kickstarter. Here's the kicker. It's 44 bucks for the just the base pledge on this game, which to me seems like a lot for like cardboard edge pieces, wooden meeple cars, and then cardboard like tiles. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. That does seem like a lot. But it, it does look like it would be really fun. So I, I you know, I don't want to I don't want to poo-poo on it. Some people, for some people, $44 is not an issue. And I think they're actually looking to um they're unlock there is one unlock stretch goal that gives you a different map of little Italy. And I think they're getting close to the other ones like Chinatown and Soho. And um, so that's cool, too. There is a lot of stuff kind of offered with the extra like backing, what do they call stretch goals. So I, I just think it does look cool. So if you like gangsters like me and even tile laying games, I know a lot of people really like tile laying games. Um, check out Catch Don Falcone. There's six days left on that. Forty four dollars. Yeah, sounds cool. I like the theme a lot. That's a cool theme. Yeah. Um, speaking of cool themes, the next one is both literally and metaphorically cool. The game is called Ice, and it's really strange because it's like, it's the word ice, but yet the letters are spaced out. There's like a space in between each letter. I don't understand that. Is it like immigration and... No, it is not, not about rounding oh. up illegal immigrants. <laughs> That's what I thought it was when you were typing it in. No, it's just how they have, for some reason stylized the title of the game so ice is a game about exploration and which everybody knows how i hate space so i'm and i don't really love the arctic i'm not big into um freezing cold temperatures so i don't like a lot of that and there are more games for some reason they're talking about that or doing that as a theme but this one is so gorgeous oh my gosh the artwork on ice is so pretty like it is insane like normally that's another reason why i don't i don't like space games and i don't like antarctic or arctic type games because everything looks the same it is so monochromatic it's woof but this one is gorgeous so you're leading an archaeological expedition to i don't i don't know if it says exactly where you're going in the ice (laughs) but it is cold um and I, man, there's such pretty artwork. So you like have an expedition team. And the cool thing about this is it's like a it's tiles upon tiles. You have like this, I don't know, two piece kind of circle. What do they call it? Oh, maybe it's four pieces um, that kind of goes together so that you can lay tiles in it. 
in layers. So you've got these layers of hexagonals that really give like the theme like fuel in this game because you will take your explorers, you'll make a base camp. You'll get archaeologists come with you because it's not like you're just like picking through the ice, but you're looking for artifacts that are buried in the ice, which I think is awesome. And each um, different group of explorers has um, like a a special like special powers that you're going to be collecting as you find artifacts. So you get your camp, you start spreading out, you start you start digging, and so then you're flipping over tiles, and then there's tiles layered underneath those tiles, and so you have to clear enough so you can get a tile clear. You dig under that, you're flipping them over. Um, there are artifacts. There are also um, powers that to be that are found. You also encounter like some. Ant, wild animals and stuff so you've got these all cool like hexagonal ice sheet tiles that are all stacked together it it's really cool and it's even like the different levels are beautiful and there's less tiles in the deepest level which is what you're all kind of digging for and then more tiles like it's the way it expands is awesome so it's in like four parts these board goes together where you set the tiles into you're, and so you're you're tile mining, you're exploring, you're collecting things, the different types of artifacts that you're collecting on your personal board that they can then be used to unlock powers for you. Um, you're trying to get down to like these special edifices at the bottom. There's also like a bit of a legacy component about these edifices that I, you know, I don't exactly know what's going on with that. You've got, because your city needs to use these things that you're collecting and finding it looks like a really neat game. Like, I am so impressed with this. And, like, there seems to be a lot in the gameplay. Um, there's also a solo mode. It plays 60 to 90 minutes and is freaking beautiful. So if that sounds anything up your alley, that game is called Ice. There are nine days left on the Kickstarter. However, the kicker is the base game is $81. Whoa. Yeah. That is crazy, especially because they made it look like it's not going to be about what it's about with the name. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Between that and the misnomer, I think that might be a miss. I don't know. It just uh, you get a lot of cool stuff, and then like the more deluxe versions do have some really neat stuff. There's one that has like that four piece board is magnetic when it snaps together. Um, you get you can get some of that art like actually like print like art prints later on um the collector box is cool like there's there's some really neat stuff um so maybe other people might like that but it reminds me of um what's that game where you're digging for dinosaur fossils and you move the side the tiles around fossils okay so fossils that's what i thought it was called but i wasn't sure it reminds me in some ways of fossils, except you don't have like those thicker tiles that slide. Um, it's just like the cardboard hexes, but there are layers to it and you're uncovering different things at different points in the, in the layers. And I think that's really neat. So yeah. that's ice nine days, $81. That does sound cool. I'm not saying it doesn't sound cool. It just is pricey. Well, and for some people, maybe that's not pricey for us. It's pricey. Well, that's true. That is true. We have a different consideration of pricey, which is anything more than $20, we're going to have to really think about. Yep. Um, So my last one is maybe more in keeping with our price point, but it looks, again, a really interesting theme. And the game is called Skyline Express. 
So you are managing like a sky coach, essentially. Um, it looks like it's a very f- like family weight kind of game. But what you have is you have a carriage where you are putting passengers into your Skyline carriage. And you've got a, several different cards that are um, kind of helping you decide where those passengers go. Um, there are certain passenger, you have these service tiles where you want to provide passengers with service and that is based on where they're sitting. Um, passengers have different colors and so that's kind of dictating um, who they are and where they go. You have some gold tiles on arrangements in your different um, compartments in your carriages. You've got passengers who have certain preferences where they want to sit and so you're getting points from all of those, like three different types of tiles. Also included in the base game is an expansion where you're also managing their luggage and where it goes and how it all fits, um, which I think is really neat. This also has a solo mode with some automa tiles that looks like a really good solo mode. Um, there is a lot of really cool stuff just straight up given to you in this game. And so it's one of those games where it seems very simple in how you play. You're placing these tiles of different passengers um, and you're going to pattern build. But you are trying to match all as many of these different types of preferences and seating arrangements and things as you can to get the most points while you're accomplishing these goals, which I love. And then there's also like a main board where you can go and um, – on your turn, use these different powers or worker placement spots to rearrange um, your people in your carriage to try and again maximize those goal things. I love that. Um, so that is called Skyline Express. There's 12 days left on the Kickstarter. It's $52 for the base game with that big expansion, um, which includes like all the luggage, different cubes, all these tiles, a main board, um, a scenario book, scoring tokens, a cotton bag, custom plastic insert. It, there's a lot of stuff, 54 bucks. But if you, th- or 52 bucks, but if you're like, eh, 52 bucks, a little too much, aka Jason. They have... It's just barely too much. Just barely. Just barely. They have a roll and write version of this game as well available. So you get your carriage sheets. Um, So they have carriages on it. They have goals on there and preferences for arranging people. And then they have dice that are colored to match the different colored of carriage passengers. So then you're arranging in a roll and write scenario these people in your carriage, which I think is cool. I, I think that it's nice they thought of that. So if you want the roll and write version, that's $15. That's not bad. I know. And I mean, I would like the full game because I really love like arrange, like how can I maximize what I've got with my goal cards and like double up on where my passengers are to meet more goals and make more points. That's something that I love. That's almost like an engine building type thing that I, it just makes my brain sing like i i can't arrange different um size tiles on a board for some reason but i you give me like multiple goal cards and i have to manipulate cards that i have to make that work oh yeah all day now if you do um if you do back the game itself um 
you're going to get print and play files as well. Um, you can also go all in to get both the physical game and the roll and write for like 62 bucks, which, you know, you get a little discount. It's only 10 bucks more so that you can have that roll and write, which is a different game, but operates along the same principles. I just think that's really neat that they thought of that. Like, okay, maybe you don't want this full game. It is bigger as far as placement goes, and it is more expensive. So they had the $15 roll and write that's got some of the similar feel of it, but at a cheaper price point. So that's Skyline Express. Yeah, that, that does sound pretty good. I would play that. I would too. I know you're not going to back it, but I can dream. Yeah, I mean, it's just barely out of the budget. Just barely. Okay, so... I can't break the rule. <sighs> so we get this question all the time. This is free free bonus content right here, people. This is a hot take. We get questions all the time, and I see it all the time on board game groups as I scroll quickly past because I don't pay attention, you know, to that. I don't watch videos. Everybody knows. Um. People are always saying, like, how do I decide what games to keep? Or, oh, I've spent, I spent, I bought so much more, and, oh, I spent too much. And they, people wonder, how do you keep your collection? You, If you live by the Jason Smith rule of board game acquisition, I guarantee that you will not go broke and that you will not have problems with overflowing shelves. Jason will only consider buying a game if it's under $40. Even then, he will first try to get it for free. Then even if it's under $40, he still probably won't back it unless unless it hits every single tick of the things he loves. So it has to be ugly. Um, it has to have cubes. It has to have tracks. It has to have nobles. And it probably is designed by some Italians. So then he would consider spending $40. I like what I like, okay? Okay, I'm in the middle of the explanation. Don't interrupt. <laughs> so if it doesn't hit all his boxes, he's not going to buy it. So in general... Jason only spends money on food and the bills he has to pay. Aside from that, he will not spend money on anything. That is how you don't go broke and you don't have problems with shelf space. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. So all of you can feel bad for me that I don't I don't get to back Kickstarters that I like. I don't get to consider games. I'm like, ooh, doesn't that one look fun? No, Jason's not going to buy it. He's just not going to do it. I mean, I could go out and buy it myself. I could go out and back it myself. I don't think he would stop me, but Jason is the one keeping us from going bankrupt. (laughs) So I'm trying to respect that. I was going to say, it's working. We're not like as poor as we probably would be otherwise. (laughs) If I were in charge of backing everything I liked. <laughs> That's why I'm in charge of news. I'm like, oh, I want all these things. And then Jason's like, nah, I'm not going to back it. It's like more than $20. Nope. Hey, we've backed a couple games and they've shown up. We've talked about it. Our <laughs> our duty has been fulfilled. <laughs> but that's all I have for news today. All right, so let's talk about some games played. So Katie said she doesn't like space, um, which we've both said that, actually. But we are going to talk about two space games this week. And the first one... Oh, let's put that in the wrong spot. And the first one is one that Katie really enjoyed, so we'll talk about that one first. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. So we played... You are lying now. to these people. <laughs> this game's been out for a bit. It's from designer Tom Lemon or Layman. I'm not sure how he says his name. And it's called Roll for the Galaxy. So the big brother of this is Race for the Galaxy. They're both rated pretty highly on BGG. Everybody and their mom, except for us, has played these games. But we finally got a chance to play Roll for the Galaxy. So Roll for the Galaxy is effectively a Yahtzee game-ish 
where you're using your dice to determine how powerful actions are going to be and then to select which action you want to take. And then as long as you select that action, everybody else can take that action as well if they assign dice to it. What you're trying to do is you're trying to build these different types of buildings. Some are going to be planets. Some are going to be... I can't remember what the other one is. Um, Planets are basically going to be get you dice and help you get resources. And the other ones are going to be like special abilities that you can use. It's a race to build like 12 planets. You're trying to score the most points and you're drafting a dice, rolling dice, paying to get dice back so you can roll them in the next round. Yahtzee with a little bit of more pizzazz. So um, I enjoyed this game. I thought it was good. I thought once you got past the symbology and kind of saw all the symbols a few times, you can understand what they meant, but I enjoyed it. I haven't played Race for the Galaxy, so I don't know how they compare. But I like rolling dice. I like assigning dice. I like using dice to complete contracts and fulfill things. So this is a game that I enjoy. Probably not one that we'll buy for what you'll hear in a few minutes. But it is a pretty solid game, in my opinion, and I liked it. So what did you think about Roll for the Galaxy? Tell us all of your positive thoughts, because I really want to hear them. I thought this game was dumb. I hated it. I don't know if I hate it, because I did... Actually, I didn't lose. I didn't win, but I didn't lose. I, I, I mean, it was okay. I felt like you couldn't get really a lot of traction. Um, I felt like you were very. And here's my, you know, everybody knows about my gaming preferences. As Jason said, I like what I like. Um, although I've got exceptions to every role because that's so me. Um, it, it just it felt like you had to specifically go and um like produce resources and sell them almost exclusively as much as possible in order to win whereas i wanted to be like oh let's explore like i wanted to explore a bunch of different places and like try different things and find synergy between the different cards like places i explored and things i developed and this game does not allow for that so maybe it's too simple for me or something which sounds really pretentious and i don't mean it like that i i just want to like get mechanisms to work together and i just i maybe it's because i love engine building i don't know it was just a big fat disappointment in my opinion and i don't ever want to play it again and i don't understand why everybody talks about how this game's so great because it's stupid how's that i mean i don't think it's stupid but it totally is it's also ugly as sin like i i I don't know. I have trouble finding redeeming qualities. What's stupid about it? You're rolling dice and you're assigning those dice to fulfill contracts. There are what? other games that do that same thing. And do it better. Like, you can't, like, make these different, like, tiles, like, fire off each other. You can't, um, like, I can't decide, oh, since I've, since you can choose from, what, like, six actions or something? Seven actions? I can't choose to um specialize in a different action because i want to go a different way because the game is not set up to allow you to win in any other way if i could convert some of my other options into more points like or to in-game conditions then maybe that would work like are there are there even in-game goal cards in this one yeah i had they're on the uh triangle Tiles. Oh yeah, there's so few and far between. I had one of those also. Like there needed, there needs to be more of those or something in order to create a little bit more diversity in how you score points. In order for me to actually ever consider playing this game again, like I just, I was so let down. What about Race for the Galaxy? Would you try that one? I don't. I never played. I don't know anything about it. 
It's sim- I think it's Chris said it's similar to this one, except instead of using the dice, you're using the cards to do the same types of actions. I mean, maybe if I can, probably not. And I'm not going to play it because I hated this one so much. And since I know they're related and it's also space, not even going to give it a try. <laughs> All right. So, so Katie hates Roll for the Galaxy. I thought it was okay. Um, so there's where we are on that one. Uh, the next one is a game that doesn't take place in space. So we have a space game, we have a non-space game, and then we'll get back to space <laughs> in a few minutes. Um, so this game is an actual tower defense game. It's from Gray Fox, I think. And it's called After the Empire. It might be from Renegade. I'm not 100% sure. But mm-hmm. After the Empire... Uh, it's a worker placement game where you're go- using your workers to go out to collect resources, collect um, soldiers and mercenaries to defend your castle from oncoming attacks from, I'm not sure what the bad people are, barbarians or I don't know. But there, these people are coming in in hordes trying to tear down your castle, get over your walls to sack you, which basically means kill all of your people. Um, and you're trying to defend them to score points and, you know, to not die effectively um it, it's a pretty cool game it's a i like the worker placement part i like building up the castle on your player board i don't love the con combat i feel like it's convoluted uh, i think katie might feel differently but mm-hmm. it just feels convoluted it feels unnecessarily drawn out for what it is for, on the um, combat part i think the rest of the game is fine but the combat feels really fiddly and i don't quite like it but I enjoyed the game. I would play it again now that I kind of know how it plays and how the combat works. Maybe that will get rid of some of the fiddliness too. Um, so that's the disclaimer, I guess. Maybe with more plays, the combat becomes more intuitive, in my opinion. So, yeah, I liked it. It was a game I would play again. Probably won't buy it, but I enjoyed it. So what do you think about After the Empire? I would like you to buy it because I really like this game. But if it's over $40 and it's... Oh, it's, I think it's way over $40. Is it something I like? Of course, we're not going to buy it. Oh, yeah, that me? sounds right. That sounds right. I'm so impressed. I hope I hope that's coming across <laughs> to everyone listening to the podcast. Um, I really liked it. Now, again, the like the much the idea that I like this is boosted by number one. It's a Gray Fox game. I really like Gray Fox games. Um, number two, I won handily. Um, so I really liked. It. I like a lot about this game. Like. It's one of those where you only have so many actions and you always want to do more. And so you got to choose what's the best action. Um, I also, it has like those fun little pieces that you use to build up your tower and you can play with them um, because everyone knows I have a problem. Thankfully, there were enough pieces to completely distract me from actually playing the game correctly. Um, If there had been more things to add besides just the towers and the walls, I probably would have lost because I just would have been playing with all sorts of things on my board. Um, Oh, yeah. It looks like it says on Amazon it's $120. Holy well, Moses. It's, it's in between prints. They just did another uh, Kickstarter. So I okay. think that's why. Yeah. I was like, good night. That's insane. It's definitely not worth $120. No. But it is really good. I don't think the combat is a problem. And I think part of that is because it's thematic. It makes sense to me because that's how combat works. And I don't know if it's because I've engaged in more combat than you or something, but I'm like, oh yeah, like it, I feel like it totally makes sense to me. No, it doesn't. The yes, archers does. fire. We fire back at the archers. Then we're just going to stand there and they're going to, you know, we can move other guys over. Then we're going to shoot again. How does that make sense? That doesn't make sense. No, it totally makes sense. It's like, like when, 
in, in World in World War II, I'm pretty sure they did that. So it's like, not World War Nazis, II. The Nazis this would is shoot. the Middle Ages. We so would get our there is a very back. strict, specific way that combat works, especially when you're fighting against like a fortified structure. Like it totally makes sense. I mean, I was getting it by the end. I understand how it works. I just think it could have been. A Do you? Because it. it seems like you're making it into a huge yes. deal when it really isn't that hard. I understand. It took how me like it two turns, and I was like, "Okay, I get what's happening here." Well, we've established that you're smarter than me. Thanks for bringing that up again. Um, just in case you forgot, I just want to make sure <laughs> you don't get too high and mighty. But I, I really did like this. I like that. Um, like I again in you know, my own fashion, I had like, I used a lot of like in-game goal cards because you can do that as a strategy. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, am I balancing food? Am I going to go heavy on food? Or what if I have like um, a refugee or a building that helps me out with that? Like there's lots of different ways to work those things and to make what you excel at or what you have the most of work for you. Like, I feel like there's so many ways to mitigate um what you can, what you're doing with your people and your board that I, I, I just think it's a good game. I really liked it. I would love to play it again. Guess how many in game goal cards I had? <laughs> you had the one that you started with, right? <laughs> that got. wasn't even an in game card, it was a during game terrible action. That's what that was. <laughs> oh, I had four, I think, four in game cards. I got no points in this game, like really at all. I mean, I got some, but it was mostly everything I earned during the game. <laughs> Well, then I like that you're like trying to balance like what you're doing during the game. So like you have these actions that you want to take, but like the points and the money are the same. same. Yeah. And you're punished if you're too far ahead in 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 that um, when the attack phase happens. So you're like, okay, I want to do these things. But these things also have to make sure that, you know, I'm not farthest ahead on my money or I'm not I don't want to be too far behind because you know you can also get points for having the highest at the end of the attack phase so like the balance I think is just I love that tension like there is so much to manage and maintain and I I just really like that about the game I thought was really good yeah I like this game I also think this game is maybe a little too tight for everything that you need to do You get three workers for like the first three rounds. You spend workers, like two workers usually, building your castle and getting your food supply prepared. You can't do anything else on the board. I don't know how you guys were getting all those cards. I have no idea. I'm looking Play back at this thing. I have better. I have no idea how you had enough workers to go out there and do the thing. I have no idea. I'm just that good. Like, I don't tell you. Like, you just have to make the best decision possible and then allow those decisions to also help fuel other things. Yeah, I... I think I need to play this again because I I understand how to play. I'm, I'm like I get the game. I know the rules. I just I don't feel like I could do anything. I was struggling because like that's why I was like, oh, if that's a really good refugee card or a really good like building card, I'm willing to sacrifice a worker because if it's gonna accomplish something else, I need to do like get me food, then it's worth that choice. So that's what I would do. Things like that. I got it. Yeah. You're clearly better at these games. <laughs> I don't think it's too tight. Like, I almost thought, like, Praga, like, that game is almost too tight. Lost Ruins of Arnak, almost too tight. But I, I, I like, I don't know. I think there's enough flexibility in this one that I enjoy it. 
All right. Yeah. So we'll be looking for a copy of this at some point when it's not $120. I know. We'll just wait till everyone's played the fun out of it and I've forgotten about it. And then you'll pick it up on trade. Yeah. When it's old and busted like five years from now. Yep. That's mm-hmm. when I grab it. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so the last game we're going to talk about is another space game. And this is kind of a new hotness game that I think is hard to get as well. That has an amazing theme. Probably one of the best themes I've ever seen in oh, a game. Oh, stop in it. And People don't was... know that you're being sarcastic when you say these things. <laughs> And this game is called Dune Imperium. So this is a deck-building worker placement game where you're using cards in your deck to determine where you can send workers out onto a board. When you send the workers out, you're going to be collecting spices, water, earning favor with some of the factions, maybe earning money or spending money to get extra workers, putting an extra worker so you can have better, more money to buy cards, that type of thing. Then you're going to be using the cards that you don't use for to assign your workers in a later part of the round to be able to use them for a buying power or to add some additional military to your combat you're trying to get better cards into your deck you're trying to have more uh, people in the battle than other people so you can win the conflict in this little tacked on area i think it's tacked on i don't know if everybody feels like that but it feels tacked on to me um but yeah it's a good game it's from the designer of clank it kind of feels similar to that a little bit but it's also very different um it's space. The theme is atrocious. Now that I've watched some of the movie, it makes me like the game a little bit less because this theme is awful. This is the worst theme I've ever seen in an entire in my entire life in a game. It's awful. Absolutely awful. I can't stress that enough. The theme is garbage. But aside from that, I enjoyed the game and I would play it again. It was a good time. So what did you think about Dune Imperium and its awful theme? Essentially, Jason doesn't care about theme anyway, so I don't know why he's making like a no, big it's honk, terrible. Honky deal it's about awful. It. It's you awful. don't care about theme. I don't you, care about you don't theme. Care. I'm just saying, why do they pick this stupid theme for these games? Because the theme is stupid. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's not even the theme is stupid. The original movie is stupid. I, I mean, there may be some of you out there that have nostalgia for the original Dune. Um, I can't understand why anybody likes this movie. I've never read the book. Maybe I would enjoy the book. I like sci-fi. I like fantasy. I read it a lot. I watch it a lot. This movie was awful and, quite frankly, disturbing on a lot of levels. Um, like, I I wish that people felt like I wish they had used Mad Max because essentially you're fighting over a resource in yeah, a you could fight over post-apocalyptic yeah. desert. Like, it's the same thing. Instead of the spice, make it about, yeah, gas. Like, I don't, I don't, again, because I actually care about theme. As not aside, we had not watched the movie before we played it. And so the mechanics of the game, I think, are really interesting. I like that you're trying to, again, you're trying to make the most out of your worker placement because you only get to play really like three at the most, three three worker placement actions. Yep. And so you're trying to balance, okay, how do I get points, which... It has that um, Stonemeyer thing where you play to a certain amount of points, which I really don't like in games. However, the way you get those points is really varied, so I'm willing to forgive that in this game. Um, I love a good deck builder, so for me, I focus on making really good cards, and I, I, I don't know that that is necessary in this game. But again, you're looking for the different ways to get those points to happen. And some of that is through the combat. I liked the combat was not convoluted and it wasn't like it was more like an area control kind of issue. There are cards to mitigate when you couldn't get the workers out there. You could use um, resources like six spice would give you like 
five workers or something in the battle. So and then there's kind of a, a good equalizer to where after you've battled, those troops obviously are not going to be right back out in the field. Um, they're going back to your supply. They've got to be deployed again. So I, I, I like some of the ways that it does things like that. Um, I like that it does. It's. I wish it did it more. Um, does that faction like boost where, oh, if you have other people in the Fremen or f- it's not Freeman. It's f- that's Fremen. It's yeah, Fremen. Fremen. The Fremen or the Bene Gesserit. Yes. That they, they can give you extra actions. I think that's cool. Um, the idea of playing cards during gameplay with your worker placement gives you certain things. Or if you play them in the reveal phase, they can give you something different. Um, I think that's really great. There are asymmetric player powers. I think those are really cool. There's a lot of good stuff to be said for this game. Um, so if I completely disconnect it from the movie, I think it's a good game. And I would really like to play it again. Um, I like a lot of things about it. Um, and I think it's it's challenging, especially at first. Like it's it is really hard to get that ball rolling, and get those first couple of points um, until you figure out how you want to focus and wh- what you want to do. Um, a lot of people will go straight for that combat, and that's just never my thing. Area control is never my thing, so I figured a way around it. I actually didn't participate in most battles purposefully. So I was because I mean those three workers. Like again, you just have to pick the things that are going to give you maybe multiple um, benefits because you can only go to a very small amount of places. But yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Oh yeah. I think the game is great. I just, the theme is awful. You but don't yeah. care about themes. So quit complaining about it. Basically, I don't you're talking care. bad about the movie. Go for I, it. I, I Nothing don't care to do with the about game. the theme. I just don't understand why they would pick that theme to ever put on anything. It's, Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. I'm yes, sure people movie, feel the same way about Juggalos. I'm sure they do. I. <laughs> but there's one game of that. There's multiple games with the Dune theme. There's so, two games of that and an expansion. Yeah, but no one's going to find that other game because it doesn't exist. It's so hard to find. And the expansion is like lost to the world. So uh, there's one game. All right. I'm still putting it out there. Anybody knows Juggalos? I'm willing to do all kinds of favors in order to get those games. And the Juggalo theme is a thousand times better than that terrible Oh, game. come on. <laughs> I'm serious. You are blinded by your own interests. No, I'm being honest. Mm, All right. So enough of that. Enough of railing on, on Dune. <laughs> um, let's move on to our main topic today, which I'll let you lead into because I'm not really sure what you want to say here. So since it is spring... Spring has sprung. It actually in Ohio, we consider after Mother's Day to be when the chance of, of freezing is so minimal that you should start planting things. So I've been talking with my friends about, you know, planting gardens and getting things out there. Um, talking to my kids about the different types of flowers that we see when we go on a walk. And I thought there are so many games that have kind of that spring-like theme that are about growing things, growing flowers, growing plants, um, growing vegetables, growing gardens. And so I thought, let's talk about those. So this is theme-heavy because I'm not just talking about games that happen to have plants involved in them. There are some people who think if there's a plant pictured on the box that is a game about plants, Dan, they're wrong. 
Oh, he man, won't. that's what I picked. I picked those. No, you did not, because I wouldn't let you. <laughs> and he right. won't listen to this podcast anyway, so it doesn't matter. I can rail on how he's terrible at picking themes, uh, picking games that have actual themes involved. But these are our favorite games that are themed about growing different types of plants. So, why don't you get started? All right, so the first one that I want to talk about is a game that is... We played a lot. It's a little push-your-luck game about pulling some cherry blossoms out of a bag. And it's called The Legend of the Cherry Tree That Blossoms Every Ten Years. I believe is the full name. But the big words on the box are The Legend of the Cherry Tree. So that's what everybody calls it. Um, so this game is all about the cherry tree blossoming on the tenth year. So maybe the year one through nine, we can't talk about this game. But we'll say it's year ten right now. And um, then you're trying to collect the blossoms that fall off the tree because you like to have different colored blossoms. So it's about blooming, it's about new life, it's about spring, and it's a great game. So it had to make the list. So The Legend of the Cherry Tree That Blossoms Every 10 Years. My num- my, not my number one, but my first pick. You are like a theme killer, man. I For me, there's nothing that says spring more than the blossoming of cherry trees. This should like, have been a, do- a dune theme. Oh my gosh, shut up. I'll just move on from that. Like, I want to talk about how great this game is, how it's pretty, how I love it. But Jason just keeps killing it by bringing up other things. So I'll talk about my first game about growing plants, and that is Genotype. So this is new to us. Um, we actually backed this Kickstarter and paid for it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we did. Well, now, people, get off me. Um, because and I'm pretty I, sure it was more than $50. I, it was not. Uh, we got the deluxe edition, it was. We got the deluxe edition? Yes. See? See, you don't even know. I could have just gotten the basic one and you wouldn't have even known. I just am so surprised. I didn't think you knew how to order a deluxe edition of anything. Yeah, it was painful. Also, our Pacific Rails is deluxe, too. Yes, but we didn't pay for that. Completely. Yes, we did. Just we didn't pay the deluxe version price. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Stop. You just make yourself look terrible. Like, I don't have to say anything. <laughs> you just openly flaunt your miserliness. It's terrible. fine. I, anyway, I own it. It's fine. Back to Genotype. I really was interested in this game because it is themed after Gregor Mendel, who is kind of the, considered to be the father of genetics. And he was a monk who um, grew and like cross-pollinated pea plants. And that's what you're doing in this game. So you are trying to get different characteristics in your types of peas. You are manipulating Punnett squares. You are planting, harvesting, um, having helper monks help you using different types of tools. It's just such a fun game. And it seems silly about it's the theme is about growing pea plants and genetics. But I love that about this game. And the artwork is like very soft and it looks like what Gregor might have done and sketched, you know, in his notebook as he was exploring and using the, you know, scientific method. I just really like this game. So my first choice is Genotype. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, it does suit the theme. Uh, yeah, I, I like it on all on all aspects. All right, the next one I'm going to talk about is a game about grapes. You're growing grapes and then you're stomping them into wine. And that game is called Viticulture. Um so th- in this game, you're basically running some vineyards and you're growing grapes and they're aging. So that would definitely meet the theme about springtime and new life coming and new blooming and all that stuff. So it's a good game, worker placement game. You're aging your grapes, turning them into wine. The wine will then age. You can sell the wine. But the wine aspect is not so much fitting the theme. But growing the grapes and aging the grapes, selling the grapes, all that stuff is pretty on point. And I like it. So my second one. Viticulture. 
Yeah, I like viticulture. And I didn't even think about this when we first talked about growing plants. But you really are like thinking about what what vines go in what field and do you have like um, a lattice for them to grow on and um, do you have the proper irrigation for them? Like certain types of grapes need more water than the others. Like it, it is really like a big deal about how you're growing grapes and combining the grapes. And yeah, I like the game a lot. So I love Asian themed games and like Legend of the Cherry Tree. We did talk about one of the key growing things in Asian culture is the cherry tree and spring. But another key thing, another key plant grown in Asia is bamboo. And so my second choice is Takenoko. Yes, you're moving a panda and you're eating bamboo. Yes, you are the gardener. He's growing yes, the bamboo, though. He is growing the bamboo. So he is vital. Um, irrigating is important. So you are moving water. You are growing different color bamboo. Um, you are sometimes eating bamboo as a panda, but you are fertilizing, like you are making this growth happen. Um, also, another thing I love about Takenoko is it's got those tactile components where you are actually stacking up the bamboo. That's so important so they interlock and it looks really cute, it looks really cool out on the board. Um, I think that is fabulous. Um, so I just really, and Takenoko is such a, a game that you can get um, all, all kinds of people involved in. And it's it's just something that appeals to everyone, I, I really. Like it is um, the type of game that kids love because it looks so cute. And adults like because there's that tangible, I'm moving the panda, I can physically take off these pieces of bamboo to signify that it's being eaten. Or I move the gardener and I'm stacking up these pieces. Like that, that really appeals to new gamers because I think they're it's it's a physical representation of what they're doing in the game and so it it just works well so yeah number two takenoko yeah i do like takenoko i wonder if more people would give this game more respect if the box didn't look the way it looks it's so cartoony you mean yeah and like the pinks and the purples because you know how gamers are it's not black and broody i can't play this game so i just wonder if they re redid the graphic design of it if it would get more love I don't, but I think that that cartooniness, people will come, new gamers especially, and pick that off the, out off the shelf because of the colors and the cute panda on it. Like, I think there is something so appealing about that art. And the people that are like all crabby about the game, they can suck it and I don't want to play with them anyway. Yeah, no, I think it looks amazing. I was just, I was just wondering why it feels like everybody has the game and likes it, but no one talks about it. And I was just wondering what could change mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, so the last one I want to talk about is probably my best example of growing in plants, and it is a game about growing peppers and planting peppers, and it's called Scoville. So in this one, what you're doing is you are a farmer. You're walking around this this field, and you're growing peppers. You're cross-pollinating peppers to make them different colors or types of pepper, and then you're going to be um, harvesting the peppers and selling them for certain chili recipes. So you're basically ultimately growing peppers that have a chili cook-off. But the crux of the game is planting the peppers, cross-pollinating the peppers so you can get the peppers that you need for the best chili. So I, I really like this game. It's really fun. Sometimes the mixing of the peppers can get a little thinky and get in my head, but it's still really fun. Just a set collection contract fulfillment game. 
that has pretty nice production. So, and it's about growing plants. So my last one, Scoville. Yeah. Um, I don't love this one. I don't hate it, but there's something appealing about all the different colors of the peppers on the board that really draws people in. And that I think is really cool. And it's got like the little, are they cubes or are they shaped like? The peppers? Yeah. Yeah. They're shaped like peppers. They're shaped like peppers. And the more powerful the pepper, the bigger the pieces, like the taller the pieces. Yeah. I think that that's neat. I like that physical component to it for sure. My last one is a game that's not limited in its spring likeness to growing things, although you do grow stuff in this game. But also, like, um, new life is born and animals can create babies and you have, like, a spring on a farm where you get, like, new cows and horses and piggies. And that game, of course, the ultimate farming game, in my opinion, is Agricola. Some people hate on Agricola. I don't know why. It's because they're turds. Um... Because for me, like Agricola has great worker placement. You're trying to manage, like to diversify what you have. Um, There's cool cards that allow you to have special powers and do different things. Um, And there's shape meeples. I mean, and all, all, all kinds of shape meeples. And I love that. So in Agricola, you can grow vegetables. You, um, like you plant them in fields and you're harvesting them. You um, are fishing. You are acquiring animals and then they have babies so that you have little new life. Like I just, it just, and maybe it's because we, I live in the Midwest and I was an FFA kid and I grew up around farm life, but it just feels so homey and right to me. And so that's why Agricola is my last choice. Yeah, Agricola is a good game. I think people just are just, well, Caverna's better. So why should I play Agricola when Caverna does all this? And it adds this arbitrary fighting stuff. I don't know. People, you know how gamers are. This game (laughs) puts the other game, makes the other game obsolete so I can no longer play it anymore, even though it's a great game. I think that's the, the reason why no one talks about it anymore. And I mean, I never played Caverna, so maybe I would not like Agricola as much as I do if I played Caverna, but it seems like it's fairly different, so I don't know. Yeah, but that's like saying, you know, I've played a better worker placement game than Lords of Waterdeep, so I never need to play Lords of Waterdeep again. It's the same thing. Like, it's still a good game, so if you want to play it, play it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah, so those are our favorite games about plants. And there are so many more. There are so many that we haven't even played. Um, Photosynthesis is one of the first ones that came to my mind. But I've never played the game, so I can't talk about it. But we do have some other um, honorable mentions that we want to talk about. The first one I want to talk about is a game called Rear Roses, which is kind of a little-known game. Um, I think we got this as a... Yeah, we did a review and they sent us a final production copy. Yeah, um, and it's a really cool game about growing roses and meeting like customer demands. And um, the roses are all these different colors and you can create hybrids. I really, I, I like it. I don't know why I like this game so much, but I think it's just the uniqueness of the theme. And um, it's, it's very easy, simple to play. Um, another one that, when Jason said Scoville, I thought about was Bonanza. You're a bean farmer, man. And yeah, the beans are crazy and not like beans you grow in real life. But you have fields, you're planting them, you're harvesting them. It's set collection, it's negotiation, but it is about growing plants. That's true. Um, so we also, when we were looking through the shelves, PDB, Spirits of the Rice Patty, PDB. Rice Dice, 
those could be on the list because you're growing rice in the patties mm-hmm. and you know that is the definition of planting and watering harvesting the rice that's the definition of what we're kind of talking about here yeah you're doing like all the whole life cycle like yeah you're planting you're flooding the fields you're fertilizing the rice you're fertilizing you're getting the bugs out then you're you know draining the fields and harvesting the rice like it is like the full cycle of plant growing there yeah spirits of the rice patty does does more of it rice dice you're just growing and watering the rice it's a little less involved but it's still good um little flower shop is a game about getting flowers in display in your flower shop and selling them. We're not necessarily growing them in Little Flower Shop, but we are making them look pretty for people to buy. Most A lot of people like to buy flowers in the springtime, I think. I don't know. I'm assuming that. I have no idea. Um, Jason so, doesn't buy flowers, so. <laughs> I don't buy flowers. So I don't know when you buy flowers. I think it's spring. We're going to say spring just so this makes a list, and that, <laughs> that'll be fine. And um, also, we got a little Kickstarter, another Kickstarter that we backed that had Mountain Goats, uh, the game called GPS, but it also has a game called Sequoia, where players are rolling dice to grow Sequoia trees in their color on these certain cards to try to score points. So like an area control game, but you're growing trees. So since you're growing trees, a tree is a plant, it can effectively make this list. It might be a little bit of a stretch, but it's still, you're growing the tree to be a bigger tree than everybody else. Yes. Um... I've never, we, I also was looking at La Granja, which I have never played, but Jason assures me that it is about growing plants. Yeah, it's it's effectively like Agricola in Spain. It's the same kind of deal there. You're not mm. messing with, you're not growing your family as much, but it has everything else. So you're farming, you're selling stuff to the market and setting up market stalls and all that stuff. So it's kind of the same thing, but in Spain. Yeah, it's one of those games that Jason doesn't let me play, so I don't know what it's really about. Uh, <laughs> Succulent is also a game that, I have not played. Have I? I haven't played this. No, I only played it once with Brandon and Josie and Lauren, but that's it. But you were planting this cute little succulent things that, not things, plants. I mean, succulent plants. They're like the hotness right now. That is like succulents and cacti are like, like hipsters, like chia pets of 30 years ago. Like people are super into them and they look real cute. And this game is really cute about growing and arranging um, your different succulents in your little garden bed yep and what might be a stretch but a game that i really enjoy and almost made my list is terraforming mars i mean the idea of terra you know ground and you're you're forming it like you're literally putting things in the ground you want to get water there and grow green things on mars so it's a game about plants in space yeah wow. i don't necessarily think it's a stretch but it's just probably a little bit out of the box Terramisca was more of a stretch. I thought about putting that on here because yeah. depending on what faction you are, you are trying to grow plants. That's true. If you're the green, one of the green factions, yes, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it <laughs> sort of works, but you know, I don't want to be one of those losers. That's like, Hey, uh, there are the letters that make the word flower in this game title. So it's a game about plants. Yeah. I mean, it, it does work, but that's not the, <laughs> the, the way that we're going. No, I do better. I do better than that. So what about you guys? What games do you play that are about plants, growth, spring? Tell us about them. Find us on Facebook um, in hashtag The Riveted, our Facebook group. That place is hopping, and we love to hear from you guys, see what you're playing. So I want to hear if there are more games about plants. I would like to know about that. I like this theme a lot, and I'm sure there are some that I've overlooked. Or um, show us a picture on Instagram or tweet us something on Twitter. Also, YouTube. 
We have all kinds of videos going up all the time. Jason is so diligent in those. I am not diligent in those, but I need to get my act together um, <laughs> and make more videos. I think we're going to have an unboxing actually coming soon from some new cool stuff that we're getting in. Um, so you'll see my ugly mug out there again very soon but we love to hear from you guys we love to hear about new interesting games games that we don't know about games that we've forgotten about tell us about them in some way slip into our dms whatever you need to do to keep the communication coming because we love to hear from you guys yep and we just want to give a shout out to the board game rundown we gave them a little bit of trash this episode a little bit barely yeah, barely. But they do have a cool video series where they have a topical discussion each week about something board game related. And it's good. And they're all good dudes, except for Dan. And yeah, we like playing games with them and hanging out with them. And if you enjoy good board game qual- good board game content, go check them out. All right. Well, I think that's all we have. Yep. I'm good. All right. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.